All right, three, two, one. All right, everybody, I welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't have to clap. That's uh, the What's brewing, everybody? Uh, welcome to the Bruins and Bruins podcast, a the Hockey Podcast Network podcast presented by Bruins Diehards, Pride Diehards, DraftKings, and whoever else. Uh, a Here in general. Drinkable podcast you can taste. Uh, this is episode 40, the Tuka Rask episode of season four. Uh, I'm Chris Gear. I'm here with Drew Johnson, Cam Hasbrook, Ooh. and my best friend and brother, Woody. How you doing, wow. bud? Yeah, this is, a, this, is a, this is a long time coming. Uh, Woody is like one of the few people I know who's not terminally online. Uh, he's... I envy that so much already. He's <laughs> one of great. the people who's not at the mercy of uh, Boston Sports Radio. Um, very few opinions influenced by anyone other than himself just watching the games. So interested to get his perspective on some stuff. Bruins wise, it could be good or bad. It could be good or bad. <laughs> I honestly, I don't know how it's going to go. I'm hoping for a little bit of both. Honestly, that would make for good content. So, <laughs> but the first thing we generally do is uh, introduce some beers. So, wait, what Woody, if Woody's just like got Felger takes the entire time? <laughs> like, it's just the exact same thing. <laughs> I know Woody doesn't hate David Posternak, so I think we're yeah. I think we're safe. Hard guy to hate, yeah. What do you got for a beer, Woody? I went with uh, Lawson Sip of Sunshine because it is somehow 85 degrees in Saratoga Springs right now. So, right. And is that a is that a Saratoga local beer? No, no, it's just a great beer. And it's called Sip of Sunshine. It was sunny in 85, so seemed right. All right, uh, g- give her a taste and uh, give us paint Some us passion. a word picture. Hoppy, lots of notes of citrus, um, strong finish, and high alcohol content. We, we love that. Uh, All the things you love to see. On a scale of 1 to 37, where would you rate it in terms of tasteability? How much can you taste it? Oh, you could, there's a lot of taste here, a lot of flavors. Uh, it's almost like a good fine wine if you really want to dissect it. But hey. uh, I, I would go with... Um, Maybe even 30 here. Even 30. Okay. 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 And then also on a scale of 1 to 37, how drinkable is this beer? That I'm going to go with probably a, uh, maybe a 22 on that scale. Okay. Yeah. This is a, this scale. Can't uh, have too many. This scale is hilarious in the sense that it means absolutely nothing for how good the beer is. Uh, you can rate a terrible beer very highly and a really good beer very low. Uh, but we stick with the scale anyway. We got uh, the Peter Bissell stamp of approval on that one, though. So <laughs> from a real-life big-time brewer. so <laughs> May I suggest maybe you change it to a scale of 0 to 135? It's interesting. It's an interesting take. May I have to do a, a spin-off episode with that. It's we did. anyway. We did do skit. We did do scale of one to sixty-three after the sixty-third win. Um, nice, felt right. I have a Dieguito Pilsner from Pizza Port Brewing Company, which is Ooh. up in North County, San Diego. We got Carlsbad. Um, I, I went to a, a new liquor store today. Uh, hadn't hadn't been there. Uh, the beer selection at the market down the street is like solid but i've been through all of them on this podcast so i wanted something new and i had i love this brewery um but i had never had this beer before and i was feeling a pilsner this is a uh, a hoppy pilsner hopped with simcoe and citra and oh boy it is definitely a hoppy pilsner um tasteability is kind of low like you can you can taste the hops but uh it's not like a very full-bodied beer. Uh, it's you know, it's a pilsner, um, so I'll go fifteen on tasteability. Um, 
and it's it's pretty sharp so uh i would say drinkability is also pretty low but i'm enjoying it um drinkability 19 um but overall i would say good beer plus it comes in uh, a can that has the boston marathon colors on it wait where's the round of applause we gotta plug that with the round of applause <laughs> thing uh, uh drew what uh what beer you got it, yeah <laughs> Thank you. We got a. Uh, this is actually a special beer and worth the applause. It is to you. It may just be a, a swish from Bissell Brothers, but to me, it is the last. Is it the final beer? Let's go. The final beer that Peter Bissell gave me. Let's go. Um, so yeah, I will be saving this can uh, as a memento to that. Savor that beer. Oh, I'm gonna savor it. A nice eight uh, percent. I remember the first time that I uh, tried this on the podcast. I meant to grab like a like a five percent low beer. This is a heavy guy. <laughs> I wound up with this. So it was just like you know what? It's fate. Um, yeah, it, it's a heavy guy. So drinkability, we're gonna go like fifteen. Tasteability, thirty-seven. It's a solid beer. Uh, I recommend it for anyone who likes their 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 beers at eight percent. I suppose. Yeah, I've never been more jealous than when these guys got to go interview Peter Bissell and get a bunch of beers uh, thrown at them. That's my favorite brewery in Maine. Um, but, you know. But you're just saying now. <laughs> no, sure I, I, come out east, Peter I said this before, uh, <laughs> before we even had a podcast together. He saw Sean Thornton wearing the Bissell Brothers hat, and he was like, that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's my guys. All, all right, great. Cam, what you got going on? Are we yeah, choosing so, for you? Or are you yeah, uh... so my, my fate is in your hands. I figure it's going to be – well, first of all, I should explain. I went to a foundation brewing company here in Portland. Um, well, I guess north of me in Portland. I'm not technically in Portland at the moment. But uh, regardless, I picked up a four-pack of sours. I was feeling like in the sour mood. It was 75 here today. Caught my first sunburn of the season playing golf. Oh, wow. To be fair, it actually looks worse on my camera. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, you know, I'm feeling like it's summertime. More, more than 70 degrees here in Maine. Yes, oh, I did. Man. It worked fine. It was good. It, good it worked. It worked. It, it's a success. Great success. Um, I'm going to read off the four, and we're going to let you pick. First one's kind of a dead giveaway. It's just called Raspberry Limeade Jam. I would assume it's a raspberry lime sour. The second one is called Cobbled Stones. <laughs> That's interesting. That's intriguing. The third one is called Beach Party Jam, and the fourth one is called Fruit Punch Jam. Well, let me guess on cobbled stones. Yeah. I would say so, like stone fruit, I assume, and then cobble. I'm thinking cobbler, so I'm guessing peach. Just a little. Uh, Just that was. I thought you were going to keep going there. Yes. No. A big brain there. Uh, the astronaut is correct on this one. Sour ale with peach, apricot, milk, sugar, spices, and natural flavors. We're gonna, I guess that's going to be the one here. We're going to crack wow. it off. I like the can. It gives you a nice summer vibe, little picnic table thing. Oh, I forgot the camera's over here. Little picnic table going on. You got your cobbler. You got your, your stone fruits. As Chris. I can't stop laughing out. at how bad your sunburn looks. <laughs> I can't really it's it pretty bad. Like, but my it face looks like a whole other look... person's arm is coming out of your arm. Oh, like, yeah. No, it's pretty. It. I mean, it doesn't feel good, to be honest with you. But... You it's know, like you got a white tomorrow. t-shirt under that t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Oh, this has got a very, very fruity smell to it. it. Smells just like, it smells like a mango. I mean, obviously, but like, wow, really like a mango, not a beer. Wow. that I mean, that tastes like juice. I guess it's technically beer. Honestly, I love when a beer tastes like juice. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm all about it. It's nice and sour. There is like a like little that. bit of beeriness too, but if you were to hand it to me and be like, is this an alcoholic juice or a beer? I'd have a hard time telling you. It's got kind of the like the body of a beer, and you can tell like somewhere deep down there, there's there's like one hop, but that is like 98% mango. Very sweet, very tart. Drinkability gonna be pretty high. Um 31 on drinkability, tasteability of 37. 
and hangover ability, I'm pretty sure 38 because this thing's got a lot of sugar in it. It's got to. Um, but very yeah. good, very good stuff. I feel like if I'm gonna if I don't like the sour beers or the fruity IPAs and citrusy and all that. I like I, I feel like if I'm gonna go for something like that, I I'm just gonna go with a cider. Uh, See, I, I feel, feel like, like it's, it's a, like, it is a different vibe. Like I do love them are like mixing a cider with a beer, and it's just weird. I don't know. At least I, I I think there's like a there's an in between there. Like there's a, I think there's a space for both. Like I I do agree it's like a similar taste, and you get that kind of like crispy like tartness to both, but they are still two different experiences. Like one of them has to drink. He drinks a lager drink. I guess not really, presumably, but. I'm going to die on this hill, and this is going to be the end. <laughs> All right, well, we're 10 minutes in. Should we talk about, uh, you know, I don't know, the best team in the history of regular season hockey? <laughs> I, uh, like, obviously, we've been talking about it for all season, but, like, I just, like, saw a headline today and, like, finally saw visually the final record of 65. <laughs> it doesn't look real. 12 and 5, and I laughed my ass off. I was like, that's fucking crazy. That does not make any sense in the world. Like, we will never three see something like this series. ever again. Mm-hmm. Unreal. 12 losses, three playoff series. That's insane. Yeah. yeah, over the course of a whole season. And it was very funny. I looked through – I went on ESPN and went through the game log, and I was kind of – I had the idea to just look and see like how many win streaks did the Bruins have? I think it was something like eight and they had five or six win streaks that were more than six games. Um, Just absolutely insane stuff. Uh, And it was just very funny looking through how, how the losses were dispersed because they had two portions of the season where they lost like three out of four games and any sort of, uh, any sort of idea of achieving any of these NHL records kind of felt like it was going out the window when you're watching, oh, the Bruins are losing to like Detroit and Chicago back to back. But, you know, uh, when you have multiple 10 game win streaks and uh, a period where they won like 16 out of 17 games at one point. Um yeah, that, that kind of stuff is achievable. Uh, yeah. Woody, I specifically wanted to pick your brain on just thoughts on the season. Like what you watch almost every game and uh, just the feeling of like watching this team versus other other years. I think I think I found the moment that was the moment I was like, oh, this team's for real. This Boston, you always can expect a historic collapse or something to go wrong. And it was after that first loss to Ottawa. I want to say it was Jake DeBrusque, but I don't quote me on that. Interviewed him, and he wasn't talking about how many points they had or how well the team was doing. He was talking about how pissed he was about that one loss. A team that hates to lose more than they like to win is really dangerous. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed out that game because we talked about that game, or at least Mm -hmm. I brought that game up. A lot when we were when we were talking in the early season because it was, I believe, the first loss of the season. First loss of the season, I want to say it was like six five too. And it it was a game where they had been down by three goals two different times, and come back to either tie it or come back within one, and that's kind of when I felt like something was different. Where like, okay, this team is absolutely destroying other teams, and then they go up to Ottawa to play like a pretty decent Senators team after like a pretty grueling schedule to start the season yeah. and could have just laid down immediately after going down three goals, but instead decided we're just going to fucking play tonight. And I, I talked about that game as, as more encouraging than a loss should be, especially one where you give up that many goals. Um, yeah. The, there, I was actually going to point out that game as a moment that uh, that had my mind changed about because uh, as a Bruins fan, you kind of feel like n- no lead is safe after watching the Bruins for the last <laughs> I don't know five ten years. Uh, it's a, a team that has shown the ability to give up big leads, and I, I don't know if it was last year or two years ago, but there was a, a they broke the franchise record for most three goal leads given up uh, in a season. <laughs> and <clears throat> yeah, go ahead, Drew. 
Oh, no, sorry. I, I was just going to say that for the Ottawa game, I just pulled up the score sheet for it. Just to give perspective, a minute into the game, it was Claude Giroux, then Brady Kachuk, uh, Drake Batherson, and then Bergeron scored at the end of the first. And then Krejci, 28 seconds into the second. Uh, and then Greer followed up. And then Ottawa got three in a row. Then Nick Foligno with uh, two minutes left. And then David Pasternak with 15 seconds left in the second. And then Zub for Ottawa scored in the third. That was it, seven to five. But just like Damn, that man. incredible wave of, ah, <laughs> oh, shit, okay. Because that was before we knew they were elite. That's before we knew they were who they, what this fucking team is this year. Um, and yeah, I agree. That was kind of a point where it was like, whoa, okay. They got, they got some fight in them that I haven't seen in that sort of scenario in previous seasons. Yeah, Woody, do you have like a player that you kind of kept your eye on for the season and were kind of impressed by how they played this year versus last year or like a new player? I mean, not one that the one that would stand out the most, I would say, is Jake Brusque, just based off of he went from requesting a trade to seeming completely all in buying into this Bruin system. So that that was also really encouraging to see that the whole team seems to be buying and guys who were really disenfranchised and everything are on board, all in, you know, and I think that probably has to do with the really strong leadership in the locker room. You've got like Marchand, Bergeron, of course, you know, get the guys to buy into a system and it's going to work well. Yeah. On, on that note, I, I'm going to let other people talk at some point, I promise. But I, I read an article today by uh, Emily Benjamin that she sat down with Marchand and Bergeron, Bergeron and, uh, they had like a very cute little interview where they talked about their their lives on and off the ice. And one of the things that Marshan said was that there are so few guys that can actually handle all of the things that it takes to be captain. And he didn't realize until like he watched Zdeno Chara and Patrice Bergeron do it, like how much work it actually takes to be captain. And he was talking about how Bergeron checks in on everybody to make sure that they're mentally good. And it feels like this team cares so much about how their players are mentally versus just physically. And I think Bruce Cassidy is a really great coach, but it felt like by the end of his tenure, guys were wearing down mentally. And Jake DeBrusque is such a good, good example of a guy who completely bought into Jim Montgomery and the way that he does things and i think patrice bergeron only perpetuates that i i would to say unless this is for teed up for anyone else i was just looking at patrice bergeron's stats and i wanted to quiz you guys um when do you think is the last time bergeron did not have 20 goals in a season uh noting noting that he had 27 this year in 78 games which is oh, it, had, for, it had to be the 48 game season 2013. Yes. In 42, he scored 10. But before that, because, you know, you, you maybe double that 42 and nearly get to the 20. And let's say he had a great second half because it's Patrice Bergeron. He always has a great second half of the season. Um, before that, what would you say? Was it the season he was out with concussions? It was like 08, 09. Um, no, it was before that. It was uh, Cam, you want to shout out? A... I got nothing, honestly. I'm like, <laughs> I was gonna guess you're on the edge. I guess if you're like, if you're saying is, there was, is it his like... first season? No, no, his first season he had 16. It was uh, 2010 where he played uh, 73 games, 2009, and then 2010. Um, but like absolutely incredible, <laughs> like for the, like for the defensive player that he is, like, I feel like he, he was sort of a guy that you feel like could be like a third line lockdown center, but he has all of this offensive skill in this leadership. Like it's all there. Um, and yeah, I don't know, just amazing he could just keep going he's got 27 goals this year just keep going patrice like no matter what happens this season and also when was he not top 10 in face off percentage 
right good, good question i i do remember that he had one season where he had like a weird off season but st- still that might have been top 10 for him because <laughs> yeah, you know he's usually top three so they probably was just outside the top three or something and everybody was losing their shit like he's yeah. father time is catching up to him or something and it, it's very funny to think about so the, that man has five selkie trophies he's gonna win this year they took that off the board in vegas uh there there were so many seasons that he probably should have won it yeah <laughs> that he when he didn't because guys like, were so sick of giving him the award people make the joke but it's not even like it genuinely should be named after like they should rename it i like no no disrespect to to frank j selkie or whatever but i'm like, totally fine with keeping it until he's retired but yeah, oh yeah no i mean not when not yeah. when he's actively i will playing, sign that like that'd be very like funny or years maybe after, a couple you know, years yeah if he, like if he went up to accept the award and they like yeah. peeled off the, <laughs> the thing it's like oh, and then actually, loses their shit? Yeah. actually the bergeron award now sorry it's like i just the, wanted to write the right thing that'd be good um Chris, I want to go back to your your point quick about like uh just like this team seemingly having a focus on on like mental wellness and I think that like there's something to really be said about that because I've been trying like I've been kicking around the ideas we've talked about in the pod recently of like I really am not as worried about this team going into the playoffs. I mean, obviously they're extremely talented. They've had a record-breaking season. But there's something about just like the dynamic that I can't quite put my finger on. That was like if they, like if they stink it up the first two games and go down two nothing at home, I'm not like slamming the panic button. Like I'm obviously worried, but like I feel like this team can take a lick or two. And I think part of it is that like it does feel like there's there's like a they have that mental toughness, and I, I like I feel like that comes back to the leadership style of guys like Bergeron and even like. You know, we've talked so much about the impact Montgomery's had on the Bruins system, but just on the dynamic that's in that locker room. And I think it's very clear, like, the the relationship between him and the players is incredibly personal and pretty rare for, for an NHL coach, honestly. And it does seem like everybody's bought into that same system and that mentality of, like, really, like, you know, going all in for each other on and off the ice. And I think that actually is the key to maybe, like, how <laughs> the, the calmness that I have about this team that, like, like my buddy was saying, I was out with him playing golf early, and he was like, "The thing that scares me the most is the first period of game one." And I was like, "I get that, but like, also, if they give up two, like, I, I'm not like, ah, fuck, man, we're gonna tamp the lightning." I'm like, "All right, like, you know, he's gonna go in, Bruce is gonna calm him down, Montgomery's gonna be the best out of him, and they'll probably win seven to two by the end of the game." You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just am not, I'm not ready to panic. And normally, when it comes to playoff time, I'm ready to call it quits at like the first sign of. Just to, you know what I mean, talk myself out of the pain. Yeah. But I think that's you know it what? has to do with that. When but it when it comes to third line. <laughs> there's no one that can match up with their third line. So you get the top pairing from any team, you still have no option. I think mm-hmm. I mean if that might be the reason you feel better about this year than other that years that too, yeah. It that's, yeah. That <laughs> certainly doesn't hurt. Yeah. It's depth. Yeah. Drew, what were you gonna say? Um well, I was gonna say we're talking playoffs, but you know, it's NBA playoffs time, and that means big, <laughs> big hoops action with DraftKings. I love me some big hoops action. Don't forget and your official... between the legs windmill. baby. <laughs> it's an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in. On the excitement of every game with a touch of a button, new customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat game, parlay, and feel the sweat every day during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place the same game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back. This is going to be funny. $10. They Demo. added a lot of extra shit. Oh, no. Right they now. Yeah. <laughs> it caught me the other day, too. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 uh, or visit Gambling Helpline. 
hopeandwhy.org. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gaming resources. I would not have done that right now if I knew that. It <laughs> yeah. Just came really so my thing what is, the, like, I'm just confused because, like, half the time, like, it seems like every few months it just gets really long for no reason, and, like, the next week it's just back to – I'm like, what are, they, what are their lawyers doing here? I'm, I'm confused, man. I don't know. Yeah. I yeah, thought it was going to be a quick 30-second thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Shots to one a gambler though that's okay i just had one thing i wanted to bounce off of before we pivot to to playoffs and i'll, I'll open the floor for any like last playoffs. thoughts on the regular season too but um to your to your point cam i one thing kind of stuck with me when um nick felino was up in the booth for one of the games uh they were asking him some questions about jim montgomery and he said yeah like the, the first thing he did was he like he showed me the obviously did his research and knew his shit when he came to the team because the first thing he did was ask like he asked me a bunch of questions had like a specific plan for what he saw from me and my role this year and it, it all sounded good and i bought in immediately and so when he does that for every player on the team uh that's got to instill confidence um and i mean f- from the perspective of a team going down two goals in the first period i feel like from top to bottom, it's just a bunch of guys who are like, hey, we just got to get the next goal. Like, who cares? Like, we're one goal at a time, whatever. If they're down by three even, no problem. And then from the other perspective, it's Linus Olmar could easily go the rest of the game without giving up a goal. You just got to score three. Yeah. It's ultimate, say ultimate confidence before, in all of your t- teammates. So I didn't want to will it into existence. So I was like... <laughs> I would get a little scared, I guess, at that point. But yeah, yeah. Any uh, any final thoughts on the uh, on the historic regular season? I mean, we've talked to death about most of the players on the team, especially Pasternak. <laughs> but Woody, if you got any final thoughts, go for it. All right, I gotta throw it out to the group. Does anyone feel like it almost seems like too much of a fairy tale to be? Too, it's too good to be true. Oh, of like course. that's my only hesitation. Yeah, no, it's absolutely. Too, it's too good to be true. Absolutely. Which is maybe a lead. That's why the one team I don't want to play is Toronto. Yeah. No, that's what I've said time and time again on this podcast. Disagree. Disagree. Well, I say say this every single time. (laughs) I want to play the Maple Leafs every fucking time they're in the playoffs because Uh, I know we're going to win. One of these game sevens isn't going to go well. It's going to come down to game seven and they're the Maple Leafs. They're going to lose in a historically humiliating way oh and i want to watch it so bad every year they're my favorite <laughs> memories of all time however great because it's it's like the one time that the whole nhl community is like yeah let's go brewing it's like, it's <laughs> yeah. no so many times you know fucking bruins fans around that it's like all right you're playing the Leafs. all right boys it's really good up to new england like uh yeah but it, it just in general it's it's the playoffs anything can happen but like just from an odds maker's perspective, uh, even the top team has a less than 50% chance of winning the Stanley Cup. And I, I haven't seen in a long time a, someone with a better than 33% chance of winning it all in terms of odds makers. Um, but I know the Athletic just came out with their, their odds for the first series and uh, – the Bruins were given like a 75% chance to advance out of the first round. Um, like those are pretty good odds, but also 25% chance is a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, Mr. Numbers guy over here. <laughs> What's your numbers? Chris is always the stats guy. Cam brings in some analysis. I don't know what I bring in. Um, wild card. Drew, you're I'm goofy. a wild card. I bring in some good stuff, though. He dances is funny sometimes. I quiz you guys on Patrice Bergeron. <laughs> yeah, your uh, loyalty. You give us Drews and Druids. Yes. Drews and Druids. <laughs> Speaking of which, did you done. know? Uh, I got nothing lined up. Don't worry. No one needs to panic or hit pause. Oh, that's good. Um, do we do we want to talk playoffs? We want to talk plofs? Oh, plofs. Yeah. Well, ice oh, yeah. cats. 
Yeah, so I, I mean, the the two teams <laughs> that the Bruins could have played in the first round were the Islanders and the Panthers, and Thank then God, not the, Islanders. the Panthers really biffed it against the Hurricanes. And uh, I, I was I was on your side, Woody. I would much rather play the Panthers and the Islanders. I, I I think the Bruins would be heavy favorites either way, but got a lot less chance of Alex Lyon or Sergei Bobrovsky goalieing you than Ilya Sorokin. Um, that said, Bruins have lost twice to the Panthers this year uh, out of their, what, 17 losses? Two of them are the Panthers. Um, Asterisk I'm, a while ago. <laughs> I'm, I'm not overly scared, but I mean, they, they, they match up in some ways. They've, they have an elite offensive defenseman in Brandon Montour. They have an elite offensive forward in Matthew Kachuk. And, you know, that's part of the part of the uh, formula for having a, a good playoff team. I don't know, like, what's up, Drew? I just love how, like, those, like, two players come to mind. And then there's, like, I feel like for fans not of the Bruins could come up with, like, six, seven threats. Like, like I, I mean, I, I get your point, but also at the same time, I was just admiring that. I feel like I could name everybody in our top six. <laughs> like that yeah. is a major threat. I mean, Sasha Barkov, like obviously a a big deal. Uh, styling himself as a bit of a poor man's Patrice Bergeron. Um, Did he beat Bergeron in like sixty percent of the faceoffs and took against him this year or something? I mean, that could be a thing, Mister Stats guy. I, over I here. Thought, yeah, I, I thought. I remember watching one of those games where Barkov kept beating Bergeron in the faceoff. I mean, you were confused because Bergeron doesn't lose regularly like that. Barkov yeah. kept beating him. Uh, Carter Verhey is pretty legit too. He had seventy-three points this year, forty-two goals. Yeah, they, they had so a lot of high scoring one-two punch for centers for sure. So once you get past Pasternak on <laughs> in the Bruins lineup, you don't have a lot of high scorers. And I think there were four or five guys ahead of. Uh, I think Marshan was the second highest scorer on the Bruins. Um, yeah, they give me like Bruins a couple of years ago vibes, with just probably worse goaltending. Like, and Aaron Ekblad's a, team. a really good player. Like, it's yeah, they, they got a good really team. Defensemen. It's it's not as good as their team was last year. Um, I I think they got the better player in their in their deal, and obviously uh, Jonathan Huberdeau did not have a very good season in Calgary, but Mackenzie Wegar was, was good. Um, and that's, that's two players versus one. I don't know. You got a heart trophy candidate, Matthew Chuck. So I'm not going to say, I, I think they easily won that trade, but um, the, the results weren't always there uh, in the regular season. Whereas last year they were, uh, I think they won the president's trophy last yeah, I was year. I going to say they? they were president's yeah. trophy last year. That's, you know, um, so I, I I don't know. They, they were they were without Anthony Duclair for almost the entire season, if not the whole season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the I don't know. I'm 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 not worried about this team, but they do have a lot of really good players, and you kind of just need a couple of like it's it's a seven game series. You need a few guys to score a few big goals. Yeah, you and need a couple bounces have... here and there. Like you know, that's the way it goes. But I think the biggest like I think and the stats probably back this up. Offensively, they can pretty much hang around with the Bruins. I think their scoring numbers have been similar. Defensively, I think Boston's got a much deeper blue line, so that's probably, especially when you tack on the goaltending advantage, I think hopefully from the Bruins' perspective is, is where the series is won because they're going to be able to shoot. But I think, you know, if we just bring a little bit more, especially the way the Bruins' defense factors into its offense. and I mean, the Bruins have been so good defensively throughout the season, and penalty kill-wise especially, that keeps up. I think the Bruins should be fine, but... You know, like like Chris said, it's a couple hot players and you know a good start from Bobrovsky or something, and you never know what can happen. It's hockey at the end of the day, so hell yeah, go bees! Which <laughs> they are number one in goals against and and power play. Uh, PK power percentage. Play, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So and it's, I believe number two in goals four. So um, and what up pretty here? good. Plus. <laughs> Plus one thirty or something. <laughs> yeah, goal yeah, differential. <laughs> they probably have. They probably have over a hundred. Oh, it is. It's by a lot. It's hundred and twenty-eight 
just looked it up. It was very funny. This is 65 from the Devils. It was very funny. I looked it up before the last game, and I scrolled all the way down just to see uh, who the worst was. And it was the Ducks who were minus 127 at the same time as the Bruins were plus 127. So, um, shouts to the Bruins getting that extra plus one. I don't know what happened to the Ducks in the last game. I'm sure they got absolutely blown out. But they finished tied for the worst goal differential. Them and the Blue Jackets both went. No, sorry, wait, they were the worst. Just kidding. 100, minus 129. Oh, sick. And so they did beat the Bruins. The Bruins were plus 128. <laughs> they did it. So they were one goal worse, and the Bruins were good. And you know what they got for it? Uh, Dallas Eakins got fired. Yeah. Uh, a guy that Maybe I really like. Dallas Eakins was the uh, he was the coach of the San Diego Gulls for a while back when they had uh, Brandon Montour, aforementioned, uh, great defenseman for the Panthers. Uh, that Shea Theodore, great defenseman currently for the uh, Golden Knights. And uh, they had Josh Manson, who was uh, who sat out most of the year, but was a Stanley Cup winner with the Avs last year. Uh, like genuinely one of the sickest AHL defensive cores uh, ever assembled. Um, and also happened to have Andre Kasha on that team. Um, Coincidence. I, I like Dallas Eakins. Uh, I think he got put in a really shitty position in uh, Anaheim, but you, whatever. It'll be fun if they have Connor McDard. Connor McDard. Bedard. That guy. He's good so you brought them up. I forgot the Ducks were a team this year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Genuinely, one of the worst colorways in yeah. pro sports. I think the uh, worst should honestly. should go back to what used to be one of the best. Yep. Don't understand why they switched. I know they were trying to rebrand after uh, Disney sold the team, but they rebranded and made it significantly worse. Yep. <laughs> like they gotta, you gotta incorporate the duck. Like. They, well, they, they have the they have the, 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 web, the, the D the web D. Yeah, but like, <laughs> come on, like, like it's like once they switched to the D, that was that was the end. Like, you gotta <laughs> keep the duck in there somehow. Even even just the duck bill, I feel like they could have done something like with the goalie mask. I feel like they could have kept that. Maybe not the <laughs> kept the duck bill attached. I want to go. I we need to have the lawyers of Disney on and figure out if we can. I get that fully. Back. Yeah, the Mighty so Ducks use animated they series. Use it ducks the out third, there. They use it for the reverse retros and, and all that. So. Thinking of like a Canadian's jersey, but in the oval, you just have a duck bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, speaking of. Um, oh, so the Kraken making the playoffs. Um, I liked that. I'm just talking more playoffs. I like that the Kraken <laughs> made it. I think that's good for the sport. I said this kind of in a group chat at one point today. I think it's good for the sport. Uh, in like, I mean, I don't think like Seattle's in the same situation as Vegas, where you got to get like people on board there. Not that Vegas isn't a great hockey market, just not one you really think of. Whereas you know, Seattle does have that history there of hockey, and it's in the a kind of colder climate and all that, but um, great for them. And as long as they don't go all the way to the finals, um, I don't have a problem. Uh, I, no, would, I wouldn't have a problem if they went I, to the finals. No, I know. I mean, either I, I didn't have a problem when Vegas did it. It was annoying that they had it so easy as like a Bruins fan. It was annoying, but like as a hockey fan, that's, that's great to see. So I'm glad that because you've seen expansion with teams like just struggle uh, for long periods of time. The wilder one I think of, they were just like, you know, first round best for Work. so long. So I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad the Kraken are, are heading up. Yeah, no offense. The Wild only won four playoff series in their history. Yeah, I was going to say no offense to our, our buddy Colin and our, our friends with the Soda Pod, but um, yeah, I think they're still kind of in that struggle zone, but they got good players now. Well, they did when they had Parise and uh, Suter as well. Yeah, and then they signed them to like lifelong graveyard contracts. <laughs> contracts. Yeah, that was that was brutal. That's when free agency started to get like, whoa, okay. Was that in the uh, Ilya Kovalchuk deal where they were like, all right, maybe let's limit this? Yeah, shades of Di Pietro. 
But the Islanders, they like started the entry level contract basically because the Islanders signed Di Pietro to like a 10 year deal when they drafted him for like a bunch of money. And then he played like, I don't know, like 40 NHL games and fucking blue. It it, it was less than two seasons. (laughs) It's incredible. But they had signed him to such a long term deal, wasn't he, on the cap for. Oh, Woody probably knows every. Uh, every I know way of... too much about the Islanders. Yeah, piece of information you could make fun of an Islanders fan for. Oh, yeah. we gotta have Mikey on. We gotta <laughs> surprise Mikey. Oh, that oh, would be fun. T- tons of practice. Let's bring my. Let's do that. We gotta trap Mikey. Yeah, one of one of. I was hoping to have Mikey on. Uh, you know, in the. the chance if that uh, the Bruins they would facing? play against the Islanders, but. Who are they um, facing? The Carolina. Oh, yeah. wow. Rest in peace. Well, hopefully. I Honestly, I'd root for the Islanders. I'm never going to root for the Hurricanes. Um, yeah, especially after last year's playoff series. that I, I didn't get good vibes off of them. And I really yeah. hate Rod Brindamore. Uh, that, no one cries more than that, man. I Yeah. I admire like, what he did as a player. And like I get... Like, I kind of admire him as a coach, but at the same time, yeah, there's that bullshit. And also, I don't know, it's just frustrating, like, because specifically that bullshit with the Bruins. Like, you're you're going to say Bergeron is cheating. Like, just get the right well, fuck and out. And he, he also just, just complains about stuff that, no. like, also applies to his team. So, it just, it, it never made sense to me. Like, they're just, like, verifiably wrong stuff that he's complaining about. Um and it's and somehow holds weight. He's yeah. he's trying to yeah, he's trying to game the refereeing for the next game and like I get it. I I would probably like him if I were it's a little bit of the Martian thing where like I would probably like him as a coach if I were a Hurricanes fan, but oh man, is it grating as an opposing fan. Getting Craig Berube vibes oh, we, all over. We should we should have <laughs> said earmuffs, Lancey, before yeah, doing this. Yeah, he's tearing him apart. No, it's a good thing he's not on here. Also, probably would have had a log off for employment purposes. So <laughs> it kind of is like if Brad Marchand became the Bruins coach. Yeah, I, sure. I, I mean, I imagine he'd be on Twitter like chirping refs and shit. <laughs> Oh, those, those press conferences would be priceless. Yeah, oh we still have Martian oh Milko. Well, did you guys see the press conference where uh, he showed up during the coach's slot and like pretended to be Jim Montgomery? <laughs> it, was no. very, it was very funny. This is uh, probably like three or so weeks ago, uh, oh. and he uh, he came in and everyone was like, "What's going on?" <laughs> and he's like, "Hey." And they started asking him questions as though he's the coach. He's like, yeah, what do you want to know? Uh, and they're like, injuries. What's going on with uh, Taylor Hall? He's like, oh, yeah, he's good. He could probably play tomorrow if he wanted to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like Nick Felino. He was like, yeah, he's still bald. I don't know yeah, if that counts as an injury, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he's going to be out a while. No, he's still, he's still looking pretty bald. The hair yeah. transplant. I hear that shit's play. contagious, so... <laughs> It didn't take. We got to redo it. <laughs> Resow the seeds. Yeah. All right. So I will say. All right. I, I think to bring us back on the tracks. I think one. <laughs> what tracks? Not too far on the tracks. We're uh, the wrong vehicle on the right tracks. Um, what? Who plays? Who? What are your ideal lineups? Like, who do you want in the lineup now that the Bruins are supposedly? going to be fully healthy david Pasternak. yeah i think that's no, a good start uh, no, I know. <laughs> good start true um, obviously the top six i feel like it's really just deciding that yeah. bottom six for me i don't know but that's that's tough. yeah i think the top six is pretty locked up i mean i really this the question is who sits really is what we're dancing yeah. around it's just a yeah. much harder question to answer outright um uh, like do you think because i think it comes down to like you're looking at obviously the depth guys do you think somebody like i mean they're gonna keep no in right they're not gonna take off the center out i don't think monty Brandon, loves they could, Noshik. They could monty slide like loves him and in, in, in frederick over but like in, in fairness i would say no uh 
outside of I think at this point has become a better penalty killer than Forbert. Yeah. And if you it's been demonstrated that the Bruins penalty kill can survive this fallacy that Derek Forbert was the only thing holding the Bruins penalty kill together. Um, no, but I will Chris, say Chris, Charlie, Charlie Chris, Coyle and, and Tomas Nosek are the, probably your two most important penalty killing forwards outside of, you know, the Bergeron Marsh and the trying to score on the other team duo. Um, Successfully. Usually. Monty fucking loves Nosek. Also, what the fuck? I share a birthday with him. That's right. I for- completely forgot. Well, I brought and he, this up. He also started to heat up like in the last two games. Yeah, whatever, like, During yeah. his oh. career, though, he averaged like nearly 50 50 offensive and defensive zone um, face offs. Zone starts, but face offs, he's a center. 12% with the Bruins offensive zone. Mm-hmm. The rest is defense. I think Monty just loves him like as the penalty killer and the guy I'm going to throw in when we're Good in our own zone yeah. defense. Like he's just that guy. He's the puck's um, deep guy. And like, while I would rather go with someone else over him, um, like, like I want Felino to somehow grab get into that lineup, but also like I don't want to sit Greer and stuff. No six kind of the guy I'd pick, but I don't think that's gonna be who the guy is because uh, I think Greer's gonna sit. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I think that's what's going to wind Greer's, up. Greer's first guy out, but somebody else needs yeah. to sit too. Yeah. If you bring Krejci in. Um, and it needs to be Hathaway, Frederick, or Felino. It would be. And I don't want to. I don't want to sit Hathaway. It would yeah, be Felino. They're not going to. They trade. That's for that's your guy that you traded for to play in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Well, Felino has been shot. out for so long. Maybe work him in. I think they might bounce Freddie and Felino back and forth. Is my guess. And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they throw Freddie out there game one, try to have him hit everything and get the Garden going, and then bring Felino up. Because if Felino, if they go to him and hurt, he's the veteran. Be like, we're planning on using you. Don't get blood hurt because we're not using you game one. He's bought in on it. Like, I think he's fine waiting until game two to play. You got to deal with Freddie and Hathaway on your fourth line. Yeah. Running around. Get some bruises. And then, like, you put put Nosek between them and he's playing great defense. And just let the other the wingers fly on the forecheck. Well, and maybe you put Felino in to go to Florida too. Like put the veteran in to go on the road. I don't. I don't hate that. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. Know. I mean, it, injury. He's. I, I feel like he'd be the first. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think ideally, I would probably sit Nosik. I. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. He's been on that fourth line. He only sat for a brief period of time in the, the middle PK of the season too. Um. Well, let's say you did that. Who's playing four C? Is it? I got Freddie. Yeah, it'd be. Yeah, you move Freddie. Um, I don't know how is he on faceoffs. Is the only thing I don't really know. I think he he probably doesn't matter. <laughs> I feel the, the, like his game style is it doesn't. Yeah. He goes. He just he goes with the uh, the old like fake faceoff jab to the nose every, every, every time. Every time <laughs> sets off like a faceoff drill, he's like, "Fuck this." Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> The the unpopular opinion I, I have that I will just continue to spout until I go to my grave uh, is that I think Charlie Coyle should be the fourth line center and you have Zaka center the third line. Um, I, I think Pavel Zaka is like an insanely talented center. Yes. And, I, but... and, and you put Bertuzzi on... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You put like Tawash Nosek 2C, let's go. No, like, wow, they're just so line. good, they don't even the check need line. The you check put Bertuzzi line. on the third line with him, and yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think that was that I was working. That, that combo yeah. was working. Uh, I, obviously, you don't move posture knockdown or anything, but I think I think you start it as the check line as your second line, and that's an option, especially if a center goes down. Like, um, well, yeah, I mean, and that's that's the whole thing about this Bruins team is that they're so deep that they can withstand an injury to almost any player on the team and still be I mean, probably the best team standing. If push comes to shove, Marshawn was originally a center. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, fucking Linus Omar's got a tuck this season. <laughs> Who says you can't throw him on I'm just thinking, like, it's got to be so demoralizing going into a playoff series and, like, you grind through the first two lines. You're having two good shifts. You line up for a defensive zone draw, and all of a sudden you see 
<laughs> fucking Tyler Bertuzzi jumping out there with no teeth, no butt end <laughs> on his stick, and no fucking tape. And you're like, oh, <laughs> Jesus, this guy is going to fuck. This is the third line. We just got through the Bergeron and the Krejci line, and now we got to deal with this absolute fucking serial killer. <laughs> well, like, and they like, got Pastelian Frederick on the fourth. Yeah, and then, like, like, you oh my god. Th- those guys, like, those guys both profile as like top end third line players on any other team. Um, I mean, wasn't Bertuzzi on like the first line for uh, granted like, Detroit, but like, oh, he was like yeah, their top three player. second line player. Dude, their no, third line could be a second line on any I'm, team. I'm talking about, yeah, I'm oh, talking about Frederick. Yeah. And, I'm talking like, about Frederick and Hathaway. Like yeah. those two, those two guys are going to be on the fourth line. Yeah, those guys are like third line very, very league. good third liners. Mm-hmm. Weren't they playing on the second line at one point? Not, not for the Bruins. Didn't Bertuzzi play on the second line? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah with Detroit, yeah. He, was, he yeah. even got first line for a little bit too. Yeah, he was he was playing with the Zaka centering him and Pasternak. Um, I think, and, and that line on, that line was awesome because he was he's relatively young, right? How old is Bertuzzi? 24 25 yeah like he i think they were hoping he'd pan out better than he turned out to be but he's still a solid top nine forward he had like so. a 30 goal 60 point season yeah I think two he's years ago safely top six i would yeah. say yeah, yeah. He's, like he's or a good most, player most places i guess <laughs> obviously then, not the Bruins, but and then hathaway's a solidified like third line guy even yeah, second line of- with new york maybe wait was it new york no, he was at the Capitals. Was he ever in New York, or am I thinking of somebody else too? No, no he you're thinking of uh, Barkley Goodrow. Thinking of uh, twenty one on the Rangers. Uh, How is Henrik Lundqvist? You're thinking of Drew? He was a Swedish goalie. Heard oh, him before. Henrik yeah. Lundqvist, not yeah. uh, Garnett Hathaway. Shout out <laughs> yeah. to the meme we tweeted out uh, a couple of days ago. Didn't do as well as I <laughs> thought. Kevin Garnett and Hathaway. Yeah. <laughs> It was very. It's because you didn't. Niche. It's because you didn't send it with the uh, the caption that I yeah. wanted you to put it. It's also because we don't subscribe to Twitter Blue. The uh, and and thing is possible. <laughs> what do you guys think about the third line D pairing? Connor Clifton. Yeah, I mean, good question. That's Connor Clifton. Quinnipiac uh, Luck. Drew's Drew's the biggest Connor Clifton fan. Absolutely, um, I've breathed the same air as he is. Breathe. I, I guess anyone who's gone to a Bruins game can say that. So. <laughs> I'm, I went to the same college as him for a bit, so I, I have uh, just an allegiance. But Connor Clifton, and then Forbort, maybe. But also, I don't know. It's good to have that problem again. Once they got Orlov, it was like, oh, like it felt like we we're set, and it almost doesn't matter. But for a bit there, like it's like, oh, if we have one injury, like what I, I'm, I'm do? saying absolutely not to Forbert. <laughs> I, I mean, if you're sitting Matt Grizzly, you're overthinking things. Oh well, no, I like, I like Grizzly. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, you're saying Forbert instead of Clifton, maybe. Like I could see Monty maybe doing that, but also he likes Clifton too. Um, I, I don't I feel think like Clifton... I don't think he'd leapfrog Grizzly though. So yeah, I, I feel think like it Clifton be brings everything that you want in a playoff defenseman. Yeah. Like, it, one of the he's, crew, he's lying hit. He's not big, but he plays huge. So, dude, Cliffy hockey's changed. It used to be take a penalty, and then like the extra two in the scrum, and now it's <laughs> now it's like get the other guy too. I love it. <laughs> he is funny to watch. It's just chaos. Oh like yeah, he gets a little over the top he, once in a while, he, but you can't admit like it's entertaining. Like he you was, to, to he was signed as a free agent. Like he was a really good like college player and captain Quinnipiac. And they went to the final and everything, um, or they went to the Frozen Four at least while he was there. I don't know if he was there for the finals team, but he, like I feel like when you're that kind of player, it wasn't Grizzly that too. They they just uh, signed him. They didn't draft Grizzly, right? Grizzly was BU, right? I yeah, Grizz might have been drafted. one of the Boston schools. Was he not? He was. No, I mean, he was. He was BU. Grizzly was BU. Yeah, but was yeah, he yeah. drafted or was? I think he was I just he was a free drafted, agent. But I mean, not actually. But the Bruins uh, do that a lot with like. He the, had, oh, had signed him. Yeah. yeah, he, he was drafted. Drafted. Yeah, he was drafted. Oh. Twenty twelve third round. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was. 
and, well, and then uh, then Coolman. everyone Carson Coolman. They did it with Coolman. They cool you know, man, like, cool man. Who hey in that in that run in that season played a good role as their like extra forward. I will say. Cool. Yeah, though Bacchus maybe in game seven. I don't So I don't Carson know. Kuhlman, Austin Zarnick, and Frank Vetrano are all like d- different. It's like uh, different evolutions of the same Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. It was like so, uh it was Austin like they were Zarnick, drafting like Carson Kuhlman, and then the big one is Frank like Vetrano. Computer generated players from like EA, <laughs> and it was like they all spit out like the same base player I, attributes, I think and it was just like how Ryan high. Ryan Donato kind of falls in that same yeah. kind of you know, the... well, weren't a bunch of those the 2016 draft when they had three picks in a row and none of them panned out? Oh, the 20 that was the 2015 draft, and 2015, yes, we're not we're not bringing up the 2015 draft because uh, Don Sweeney has completely uh, he's oh, he's 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 yeah, exonerated he's, himself in yeah. in two ways. One, Jake DeBrusque has turned into just a hell of a player, really great year this year. Uh, two, wasn't Brandon Carlo like the second round pick in that draft? I think so, or something like that. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. Three, BC. three. Jakob Zaborl is like a hundred percent an NHL player at this point. He's going to be a big part of next year's team. And then four, he traded for Pavel Zaka, who I believe was the number six overall pick in that draft. And uh, who's reaping the benefits of that now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Twenty fifteen draft. It also just made me so we happy that Woody didn't know what year it was. It like proved Chris's point that he's not chronically online because <laughs> anybody who has like been around Bruins Twitter has seen way too much fucking discourse about the twenty fifteen draft. So that was so refreshing. To oh hear. no, you know Honestly. the worst part? I was literally at the draft. <laughs> Wait, he was there and he doesn't even have a problem with it. Everybody else needs to shut the fuck up about it. What he was goddamn there. And he's not bitching about it, all right? That's it. I love Oh no, I was bitching about it. It was, it was a very sad trade ride. <laughs> was that where I mean, I was where living in Buffalo? Of course it was gonna be sad. Yeah. No, where was that one? Was it in Toronto? No, it was in no, Buffalo. No, it was Buffalo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well you said you took the train. I didn't know if you were like in a Oh there's city there, there's a train in Buffalo. One line. <laughs> <laughs> They have trains. That's a city. I thought they just rode Buffalo. Hey. All right, we gotta wrap it up on that one. Yeah, we sure do. <laughs> <laughs> we we always know when we need to finish up because I'm not starts... gonna lie. When Drew started, Dude, I go a little off about, uh, Other teams earlier. I was gonna end the recording, and then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give him another minute, and I'm glad it, it turned into something good. But yeah, we did wait, what job. was it? What did I do? When you started rambling earlier about um. What was it? Talking about Seattle, how happy that you were. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. See, what I do a lot of the, well, we could just end recording anyway. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, Well, I mean, let's, uh, (laughs) one more thing I wanted to mention is uh, Woody, uh, currently, uh, I am beating you. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. God damn, I knew you were going to bring it up. Oh, what the hell? Okay. So I just. I just realized I probably should have sat Alexander Gorgiev because uh, yeah, you absolutely should have. Did you lose? Start losing the goalie categories again? Nice. No, I'm I'm still winning them, but like it's way closer in save percentage. Uh, I I didn't realize they were gonna play Gorgiev on back to back nights for some reason to end the season. I was just like, oh, I'm safe. Um, no, I uh, Woody and I are playing each other in our fantasy hockey championship, and uh, I'm currently winning ten to nothing. Um, uh, this would be my fourth championship in that league, and what do you is it a mere one? Is it a keeper or is it a? Yeah, it's a keep three, uh, for prices, various uh, draft prices. Um, yeah, maybe we'll get you guys in that league. Hey, I, do. I, I honestly, I. I like when it's a regular fantasy league, I always like tune out at one point, like if I'm down the standings. But if it was a keeper league, like I've always wanted to try a keeper league. We, we got a couple of spots that might be opening up. There we go. Because <laughs> like yeah. a keeper league, I'd be invested because it's like, oh, even if it's not going well, like there's still something to like fight for. The, You're thinking about next year. The way we describe this league is that Woody, uh, our friend Nick, and I, uh, we're the only three people who've ever won a championship in this league. Uh, it's what it's eight years of this league, and only three of us have won a championship. Uh, no, uh, it's 11 years since, since 2012. 11 years, damn. Oh, yeah, Nick has 
Nick has four, you have one. So I think this would be maybe this would be my fifth. Five or six for you. Yeah, that was yeah. Chris's subtle way of, of flexing that he has the most. Yeah, you yeah. guys do the well, math. If it's yeah, 11, just trying four, to work one, us five, into which means okay. we, I don't want to join this league. It's we, fucking fixed. It we, sounds we, like it's fixed. We explain it as like it's just us three and then a bunch of people who allow allow us to like say that we have a league by being NPCs. <laughs> Cur- currently, it's Nick, two of his brothers, and then just like a my wife, handful of other people. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh man, yeah, we'll uh, we'll hit you up with those invites next year. Yeah. And maybe we'll uh, Woody. Maybe we'll get you in our uh, our podcast league. Do, do a live draft pod at the lake. Boom. <laughs> We're yeah. all set. <laughs> oh, I'll be there for a live draft pod at the lake. That's yeah, it's absolutely. We'll get Lancey in again. Bring back the whole squad. Can't wait. Uh, carpool. Woody, yeah, any I'll final thoughts? Oh, hey, this was a lot of fun, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks for and joining. Cheers. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers. Cheers. Fucking go bees. Go bees. Go bees. Go bees. Okay. So-